Not a bad looking March 3rd coming our way with some clear skies, a lot of sunshine. I know it's cold this morning, but uh, going to warm things up uh, with a pretty good rate here today. Uh, several degrees per hour to about 60 to 63 for high tonight in the 30s. As we head into tomorrow and really into the weekend, we are going to cool back down again into the 40s and 50s, but we're going to stay dry. The way through New Storm Tracking Team, I'm meteorologist Brian. <laughs> March 3, the 62nd day of 2021. There are 303 days left in the year. Good morning, MB, guiding you through in the know at K105 on Litchfield Country Station, 1039 Moose. Live online at K105.com via the Apple and Android smartphone app. Using the SoundCloud or iTunes podcast on Facebook Watch on YouTube Live on Periscope. And the hashtag is in the know. Coming up today, we update you on the latest news headlines from around the community, the county, the commonwealth. And the country, we welcome another day of sunshine and uh, dry conditions as we're still dealing with some flooding in portions of our state. And good news on the vaccine and COVID-19 front. We've got that and a whole lot more coming up today here on In The No. Settling into my left, rolling Mach 9 with her hair on fire, is my beautiful wife, the beautiful girl. It's me. Good morning, sweetheart. Good morning. How you doing? I'm good. Welcome back. Thank you. Uh, how many seconds has it been since you touched your phone? Um, ninety. Maybe. Maybe yeah. ninety seconds. Yeah, maybe. How? Uh, what's the longest amount of time you think you could go without your smartphone? Oh, I'm pretty well. I'm able to lay mine down. You are walk away well, from it. And... Don't you think so? I don't. Uh, I guess if you stay busy doing other things, and you I mean, know, I could go three, two. Two plus hours. You maybe. could. 16% of us could go a few days before we'd need to pick it up. 18% could only go a day without their smartphone. And 29% of Americans say they couldn't last more than a couple of hours without their cell phone. 29% of uh, Americans. I'd say that, uh, yeah, I'm somewhere in between all of those. I Listen, I think I get a break from society whenever I just get to take my watch off. You know, it doesn't vibrate all the time. She's the pride of Pumpkin Center, the heiress to the great mini burger fortune. She's Vera Wang's arch nemesis and the professional bargain hunter's woman of the year. She's Misty Embry Thomas. Hey. How's Misty? I'm well. How are you? I'm doing well. There's something different about you. You get your hair did? I did. You did? It is so nice. What's, what's that style called? Is that the Misty? 
called an angle forward, but whatever. Called but an when angle I, forward. When I did type it to my best friend, I called it the angel forward, and she said, you are an angel. <laughs> and I was like, ah. Angel forward. Finally, autocorrect corrected it right. Uh, right? By the way, the print of oh, your right. dress that you're wearing mm-hmm. today is pretty. It, it looks reminds me of fine china. Yeah, my, me so too. My mom got me this for my birthday. Right? I love Isn't it. Pretty? Thanks, mom. You're just making out like a bandit this week. Got I new her. Got new her. Got a new dress. You got I yeah. Know, it just right. looks got like a new the, age. Looks like the fine china. We'll put you in the china cabinet. Is where we'll put you. Uh, today we'll be rapidly warming into the lower 60s. Uh, a lot of the area waterways, uh, in particular the Ohio River, which most of our uh, waterways find their way to. Eventually, if not, they find them way down to the Tennessee River uh, at flooding stage, but going to continue to flood through the weekend before they will crest and then come back down. Uh, downstream, Rough River has some issues if you're looking uh, downstream of the dam in that area. Uh, also, while we're talking about uh, flooding in the area, I'll talk a little bit more about it, but I do want to remind everyone that two minutes ago there was supposed to be a tornado drill, but it was postponed because of weather and the flooding that's going on in other portions of the state. So they have rescheduled that, but they've not set a rescheduled date. So we did not get our tornado warning, uh, our tornado drill this morning that was scheduled to take place. Sunny and 63 today, mostly clear and 35, mostly sunny and 54 for tomorrow. The 10-day looking like we're going to go through a dry pattern, not until a week for today is there any significant rain in the forecast. So that's... um, we don't, we don't need, we don't need the moisture right now. We need, don't uh, want need an opportunity to dry out a little bit. Uh, Governor Bashir did do a tour of some of the flooded portions of the state, uh, yesterday in a National Guard, uh, helicopter. He said what we have seen is some of the worst rain in western Kentucky and parts of Callaway County to parts of cities underwater in eastern Kentucky. So many of our people are struggling right now. The Kentucky Division of Emergency Management says 49 cities and counties have declared states of emergency. I saw a picture in Barron County Mm. where a family were standing out in their driveway looking at just a big, huge gap where the base, their their driveway and their front yard had just been washed away. What? It was enough water that, uh, you know, enough water came through. It just washed out. You know, there are a lot of people who maybe live across a little stream. Mm-hmm. And they have to cross a small bridge mm-hmm. to get to their yard, and a stream separates them from the road. It was one of those that had taken so much water, and it just. And I thought, well, how do they get out? You know, how there's, you can't really throw a plank down and walk right. over, and so it just, um, wow. it was, it was very um, impressive to me. More than seventy National Guard personnel are providing flooding response support across eight counties, including Barron, Breathitt, Callaway, Estill, Johnson, Laurel, Lee. And Pike. So we we already have Kentucky National Guard members that are still in Washington mm-hmm. that uh, are serving. I got to see some photography of the Kentucky delegation. I uh, got the, the photos I saw were of Guthrie and of Paul, but I'm sure the others went in and spoke to the uh, Kentucky guardsmen and guardswomen there as well. Uh, good news from the governor's office yesterday. Uh, while there were 1,080 new coronavirus cases announced yesterday, the positivity rate did go ahead and step on down. The rolling seven-day positivity rate dropped from 4.84 to 4.76, the lowest metric since October 18 is, uh, I think, what I read today. Also, the better metric is that hospitalizations continue to decrease, down 35 more to 684. We're seeing some states like Texas. Um, Texas is just saying full bore. 
just mash the accelerator as hard as you want to go in Texas because, you know, they've had a rough month or so in addition to the rough year. Uh, removing the mask mandate. Uh, Mississippi is removing their mask mandate, I think, on Monday. I don't know when ours is set to renew, but I'll guarantee you he's going to renew it by at least another, maybe not 30 days, but it'll be another two weeks for sure. Yeah. They just You can just tell by Andy Bashir's decision-making, he's not going to go Texas on us and go, take your masks off. I don't, it's not going to happen. And I don't think I'm ready for it to, to, to end no, I don't think we're there yet. I'm not at all. I, don't I think, think I will continue done. to wear mine. I, I don't think we have the vaccination level and the herd immunity that we would like just yet in order mm-hmm. to be able to do that. Uh, so don't be surprised at another 30 days. But as we get in these 30-day cycles, if these numbers contain low, remain low, they're going to people are going to be like, "All right, come on, you can't you know, can't stay this way forever." Uh, the number of red counties in Kentucky is now down to 19. A month ago, there were 109. 109 of 120 30 days ago were in the red. Wow. Now there's a whole lot of orange and yellow as you look across the state. So. Numbers continue to be good. President Biden, uh, he keeps uh, at least announcing that the federal government is upping the ante on uh, vaccination doses. He said yesterday that the U.S. expects to take delivery of enough coronavirus vaccines for all adult Americans by the end of May, which is 60 days earlier than what they said a couple of weeks ago. They were trying to buy time to the end of July, and now they're trying to say until the end of May. Now, just depends how many Americans. Uh, taking enough supply is one thing. How long does it take it to get uh, in arms is another thing. But I will say this. As vaccination levels, inventories come up, they'll be able to drive more locations that vaccinations can be administered, like retail pharmacies, like the health departments can have more, the regional vaccination sites. If there's enough vaccination supply to drive the ability to keep that throughput and the logistics going on that, they'll get in arms quickly. But if the the supply line is herky-jerky, well, we get some this week, and we didn't get some the next week. So long as there's a steady flow, I think you'll see levels go up because, you know, whatever, you know, you'll get independent pharmacies, you'll get national pharmacies, you'll get the health departments, you'll get, you know, the uh, some of the national uh, grocers that are doing theirs, and I think you'll see those levels come up. So uh, the, the Biden administration updated the governors of the country yesterday on some of those totals, and I think... Governor Bashir was saying, he said Kentucky's, they were upping, there was more vaccination, more vaccine being shipped next week, and he, he sort of said what Kentucky's portion of that would be. But, you know, right now, he's in pretty good standing in Washington because he's got the right letter behind his name yeah. with the uh, aligned with the presidential administration. A driver has struck a building in Clarkson and fled the scene. Uh, Monday night, just before 11, the Grayson County Sheriff's Office responded to the 1400 block of Millerstown Road where a Buick Verano had struck a metal building. They found that the Buick had left the roadway, traveled about 100 yards through a field, and drove directly into the side of a building. There was a strong odor of marijuana coming from inside the vehicle. They searched the area, took other steps to locate the driver, but was unsuccessful. The vehicle entered the building, and according to the property owner, may have damaged carpentry equipment. It looks Mm. like somebody got hurt. 
it does look like. I mean, sh- should have been hurt in that. Hopefully not. But side goodness. curtain airbags and right, they were all deployed. Right, yeah, it looks like it. So, I mean, there's a plate on the car, so someone owns the car. The car is registered to someone, so it shouldn't be too hard to put the pieces together. They'll find them. They just won't know if they were sober or not when they were navigating into the side of the building. Yeah. I do, I do that commonly just for whatever reason. I'm going to aim my vehicle at the side of this building for no particular reason. Mm-hmm. Just because. <laughs> no that's, reason at all. That's right. Uh, innocent until proven guilty in a court of law, right? That's how, how it goes. Due process. A bill to give public and private school students the opportunity for a do-over year has passed the Kentucky Senate. Senator Max Wise from over in Taylor County, who is the sponsor of the measure, said everyone knows the effect the pandemic has had on businesses and professions, but it's also important we talk about the impact COVID-19 has had on our children, students across the Commonwealth. He told his colleagues during the floor debate that friends of his daughter, who were a junior at the time schools closed a year ago, would come over to the House and ask uh, him as a legislator what's going to happen and ask, did I have any insight on what was going to take place for the remainder of their senior year? I couldn't answer any of their questions. No one could answer those questions. And so now he goes on to say it's up to us to you know create an opportunity for uh, young people. He said the effect on student athletes was another consideration that caused him to file the bill. It uh, passed the Senate. Um, it goes over. To, it passed. 36 to 0 in the Senate now goes over to the House. There would be an extra year for student athletes to compete. He said the KHSAA should allow the 2021 high school student a fifth consecutive year of eligibility at the same school, but the participation age limit of being no older than 19 years old that's currently in place will stay in its original place. Also, no transfer regulations are waived. I think on the surface, I think uh, we as uh, adults, leaders, as a society, we need to do what we can to try and help our young people regain as much lost opportunity as they can. There will be an inconvenience, like in all walks of life, to trying to smooth out the edges on getting back to normal is there will be a clog in the pipeline for young people who then, in particular when it comes to athletics, who are upstream of this decision. So uh, I've been considering this at the collegiate level for a while. You've got uh, you've got college seniors who the NCAA has said, all right, you can this year, even though you played, we don't care how much you played, it doesn't count. You get a full we're gonna restack, you know, reshuffle the deck, deal again, and you get to go again next year. That seems reasonable. But there are sophomores who will now be juniors who were counting on those positions being vacated so that they could get playing time and then potentially earn their way into a future playing athletics professionally. So I don't think here locally, in the Grayson County level, I doubt there are any professional athletes um, amongst us. Okay, I'm not aware of any of them. But it still does create, there are only, do you have to expand rosters? Then do you make, because at some level your team is 
a third larger because you might have students who decided not to go on out. Is this viable for sophomores? If you're a sophomore, can you just pretend I want to be a sophomore again? Like there's just going to it, – it's that thing where, well, yes, it's good for me to rinse and repeat – but when I rinse and repeat, then suddenly it may be bad for you that I do that. So there are just going to be some real challenges on figuring this out. But on the surface, I think the idea behind this is very good. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it's something we should explore doing. I just, like many things in life, it's not just as easy as saying, well, we should do it. Yeah. I don't think we'll have that many seniors across the state actually take advantage of it. I don't think enough that it's going to cause the conundrum that you're describing. On a college level, yes, because you've worked your whole life to get to professional sports. And scholarships. Scholarships and, and all of right. the things. Mm-hmm. Um, I, as far, But I don't think we're going to see you, – you will have those that if they're a star player, they showed up and they played, and I think recruiters and all of those people at the college level have given them the leeway to say, we know that you've not been given a fair shake this year, but we see the raw talent. We're going to be able to work with that. I just don't think there's enough kids at the age of 17 and 18 going, I'm willing to go back to school a whole nother year so I can have one more shot at oppressing a recruiter when everybody's in the same situation this year. If you had a 10th grader, would you counsel that 10th grader to do 10th grade again or just say, listen, you got to bear down in the 11th grade and the 12th grade and try and get caught up? I think it depends on the 10th grader. Is the 10th grader academically challenged that they could potentially, moving forward, they didn't get the foundational building blocks, they're going to fail? Or was this 10th grader a rising academic star who's going to go on and cure cancer? You know, like, you know your kid. Yeah. Does it does it really mean make or break their career and their future potential for scholarships. If they're struggling, then I probably would say, let's see what they're going to offer in summer school and let's get that caught up before you get into yeah, I would your next encourage another year. Okay, so if they were struggling. So yeah. this is not something we can solve today, <laughs> but as I have been saying for a year, there're going to be things that are forever changed as a result of us having to endure this. There are many things we're going to look back and go, you know, we were so determined to do things in a specific way before but this forced us out of our comfort zone and said, you know what, we don't have to do them that way. So I guess my question is, is that now that we've lived through, you know, a year by the time this is all said and done as it pertains to scholastics, 18 months, you've lost two two classes of students have been majorly impacted by this. And I think that there are future classes that are going to be because of the, the ripple effect. But will we look at it differently now? Will we change? Will there be a movement to say, you know, you really just have to get X number of hours in or you have to meet certain standard? You may be able to do high school in two and a half years or you might be able to do it in three. Are we going to are we going yeah. to change some of those defined segments of time because we've been forced to allow it for some? I think we I think we saw us do that over the years where. When we really begin to introduce dual credit, and now we have kids, they have the potential, there's a potential to leave high school with your associates already completed, then those kids have finished high school, and they're they're working towards their first co- collegiate degree in high school. But what's important for me is let's not forget that a lot, most of us, high school shaped who we are as people in some way, shape, or form. So it was always important 
for me that my kids had that social connection. It wasn't just about academics. It was the friendships build. It was the relationship building. It was the character building things that I don't want us to get so, so far ahead that we're pushing kids out that they get into real life so immature they cannot handle the world raw. Sheldon Cooper. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean if we were young, raising a Sheldon Cooper That's what young sure. Sheldon is but, all about, though, yeah, his yeah. inability to <laughs> yes. function yeah. in society. It's that child star thought process of, I want you to go through the normal development that we have yeah. set up in our culture and society that when you get there, you have paced at a pace that is good for you. So I mean, high school for me is more than the academics like, of it all. Something is simple for us now because we're grown and adults. Going to prom, mm-hmm. those types of things – are important to do. You know, it's, and you could say rite of passage, all those things. It's for me, it's that even if you're at a private school and there's only 10 kids there, it's the, it's the group atmosphere. It's working as a team. It's learning to honor the elders that are, are your teachers. It's so many character building things. I don't want these kids to lose because we're now figuring out they can do it faster. So we're pushing them out the door quicker. I heard, uh, Lionel Richie say it kind of applies to life in general, but he said the other night, when you win, you win. Yeah. When you lose, you learn. Yeah. So when, you know, there's some challenges you go through Mm -hmm. in formal education that are not fun, but they make you a person in the end, you know, who's Mm -hmm. more uh, versatile. Uh, At K105.com, the 17th ranked Grayson County High School archery team took first place in the Edmondson County High School Wildcat Tournament uh, late last month. You can read about that. Uh, doing good things. The Lady Cougars gave the Lady Panthers of Elizabethtown a good game last night, uh, number one team in the state, 44-32. They had to keep the score low. They had to make it kind of a uh, long, drawn-out affair as much as possible, low-scoring affair, so the Lady Cougars hosting them. Uh, so um, didn't come out with the win, but making a good showing. Uh, U.K. women's Ryan Howard is repeating as the SEC Women's Player of the Year. Congratulations to her. Uh, you better enjoy U.K. women's basketball because U.K. men's basketball for the season is going to be short-lived. They lost last night again at Ole Miss. Those two teams have met like 110 times. Ole Miss had won 13 of them. Some crazy number like that until last night. It's just ugly with a capital U. Got to get to a break. We'll come back. Got more on the way. You're on In the Nose. to be happy day, a day to show love, care, and concern for others. Tomorrow is, okay, my turn day. Yeah. (laughs) Now you make me happy today. Okay, my turn. (laughs) That's what uh, it's going to be. It is also National Anthem Day today. I'll tell you why later on in the show. It is Cold Cuts Day today. Mm Mm-hmm. I like cold cuts. I love a good sandwich. I love a good Dagwood sandwich. Just throw them all on there. He's give really some, good at making those. Give me some pastrami. Saying. Give me some turkey. Give me some ham. Give me some. Just give me. Got the meats. Mm-hmm. Throw some cheese on there. Throw some lettuce yeah. on there. And oh. we're in good shape. Uh, it is also Canadian Bacon Day. Big fan. Are you? Isn't it just yes. ham? 
Well, it's called back bacon to Canadians. So Canadians don't call it Canadian ham. Yeah. I mean, it's, I've had it, but what what's the difference for you? Okay. So and just it's, ham. It's meatier. It, it's not like regular bacon that... Yeah. It's also formed, served, formed it. into a cylindrical shape and is sold ready to eat. I think it's unfair that both um, uh, the bacon that we're accustomed to and Canadian bacon are both called bacon. Because if I have to choose, mm-hmm. I love Canadian bacon. I no, like it. I like, just don't think it tastes like bacon. It's ham. Agreed. Me. It's ham. So that's my – I'm a little – I think it's unfair for it to be called bacon at all. Right. It's a, very, it's a variation of ham. Like on the Egg McMuffin, mm-hmm. it is perfect. Mm-hmm. It's round. It fits the Egg McMuffin. Yeah. It's, just, it's, it's the right we thickness. We call it's it the, Little Ham. Not bacon. Why can't we call it Canadian ham? Well, that's fine with that, too. If the Canadians want to claim something, I'm f- I mean, I'm fine with that, but yeah. what? Apparently, you've never had real bacon up in Canada, or you would not have done that. They need to come on down to the south, because we show them how bacon is done. Bacon. Dear mm-hmm. bacon. Ooh, mm-hmm. yummy. So good. Yeah, so just, just call it, like, mm-hmm. Canadian round ham day. Okay. That's kind of what my thing is. Um, oh, <laughs> speaking of the Canadians. There is a restaurant in Toronto that has become creative during the pandemic in a under the heading it's sign of the times. A Toronto restaurant is taking advantage of the lockdown binge watching craze with a menu themed around everyone's favorite show about nothing, Seinfeld. So unlike the soup Nazi in all the show in the show who screams no soup for you, Betty's General is offering up, that's a big matzo ball soup. Okay. Love it. Uh, and a whole big other um, list of menu items that are Seinfeld inspired. Naturally, the big salad. Got to have, gotta gotta have, have a big, big salad. salad. Elaine yeah. and her big salad. The double dip dip. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, the, the idea yeah. of double dipping. Uh-huh really came to the forefront because of the Seinfeld episode. You double-dipped. I didn't double-dip. I didn't even know it was a thing to be watching for or to not do until that show. Yes. And, I mean, who could who could resist an order of, these pretzels are making me thirsty? <laughs> <laughs> you got it. <laughs> for dessert, Mr. Pitt's Snickers. Remember Mr. Oh, Pitt? Right. He ate yeah. a Snickers and he had to have a fork and a knife. Yep. So, yes, you know, you, you got to have Mr. Pitt Snickers with a, a fork, fork and a knife. Yep. That's the only way to do it. <laughs> they are having a lot of fun with it, but having a tough time deciding which dishes to feature because there are so many hilarious food references to choose from. Um, they are considering in their next iteration of their menu, the crab bisque. Okay. okay. All right. That's yeah. also the episode where we got yada, yada, yada. Yeah. yeah. And she said, you yada, 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 the best part. She said, no, I mentioned the crab bisque. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Kenny Rogers roaster chicken. Oh, yeah. Remember when Kenny Rogers roaster moved across yeah. oh, across yes. the street yes, from yes. Yep. <laughs> from Kramer's house yes. and the yep. neon lights baked him? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, Juji Fruits. Yeah, okay. Junior Mints. Of course. Because remember, Elaine was going to the hospital and she stopped off for Juji Fruits. (laughs) Yep. 
uh, on her way to visit her friend in the hospital. And then the junior mints, of course, end up inside during surgery. Yes. Kramer lets a junior mint go during the operating room. <laughs> and uh, let's not sleep on, here's one that they might forget, George's garbage can eclair. Remember when the eclair was in the garbage can, but George insisted that it was on top of the yes, garbage, yes. so it was yes, still okay, okay yes, to eat? Yes, and I think that's where I made, you know, somewhere I went, mm. I don't, I, right. I think the presentation of it might episode. be a little bit much if they bring an eclair out in a garbage can, like, like whose garbage is that? I need I to know it, though, right? how long has it been there, right. but, but, right. but we've all been faced with that. It's yeah, right it's there like, on top of the garbage can. Oh, it's not down there in the middle of the garbage. Right. There's not other garbage next to it. It's just, it it's just perched right there on top. Listen, I have a friend who says that when she throws away desserts or any kind of leftovers because of diet reasons, she sprays it with Windex so she won't go get it out of the garbage can yeah. <laughs> and eat it. And I'm like, okay, well, all right. Mm-hmm. At least you know you've got to set hurts. hard boundaries for yourself. Well, uh, Paul Rudd, that's right, fishing for rye bread, yeah. absolutely. Um the uh, Paul Rudd in This Is 40, <laughs> Leslie Mann makes him throw out all of his don- uh, donuts and ho-hos mm-hmm. and all that, and he mm-hmm. goes out to the garbage can and eats <laughs> them right yeah. out of the garbage can. Well, they're wrapped, <laughs> though, right? Well, I, I guess <laughs> they, they, they probably Would it matter? were. <laughs> uh, we talked at length yesterday about the – I would love to eat at that restaurant. I, I would love to eat yeah, the Seinfeld-themed restaurant. Absolutely. I'm going to need the big salad. Yeah. Bring me the crab bisque. Yeah. Yeah. Just yeah, bring it, bring it on. And they have to have and, lobster something, right? And I'll yes, because uh, he if it goes yeah. to jail. That's the pool episode, in the lobster right? traps. Yes, George that's the, the pool, pool when they go out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they see the baby and <laughs> they, mm-hmm. one ugly baby. One ugly baby. Because Kramer catches and pulls yes. the lobsters out of the traps. <laughs> yes. Sure. Really, what an amazing show. When oh, you yeah. just think about so it. So good. So it, 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 what it did was it, it so much drilled down on the human experience. Yeah. Yes. You know, things that we didn't know really how to verbalize <laughs> but were things, they were able to bring them. I think what it did for most of us was like, I'm not the only one. Yes. This is happening all over the world. Yeah. No, it's yeah. a show about nothing. Yeah. And that's what we're doing. But it's those like, things that you is, don't I mean, necessarily want to talk about. Yeah. Like, you know, I've yeah. been in the pool. In the <laughs> but it's pool. a little bit like, oh, okay, guys, it's for everyone. Yeah. No. <laughs> it's not just. Or no Terry one. Hatcher. Like, Terry, you, you interview Terry Hatcher. Everywhere she goes, she gets asked to say the line, they're real and they're fantastic. Yeah. That's you know, funny. because Elaine stumbled yeah. into her in the yeah. in, in the sauna. Um, it just. <laughs> but apparently the show was a lot about food. Just yeah. for the number of menu items that we've been able to, uh, that we've sure been able to talk about. about. It was. <laughs> it was a show about nothing, but also at the same time a show about everything. And uh, also, uh, the Dr. Seuss titles, by the way, if you want to drill down on these a little bit more, we talked at length about them yesterday, and so uh, not going to get back into it. But we have learned that it was the Dr. Seuss people who opted which titles to remove. They mm-hmm. said they, op- they did it last year. They made the decision last year. And that uh, it was their decision, so they're not actually just being canceled. But mm-hmm. notice none of the heavy hitters, like none of the ones that you know right. are the ones that they're benching. But uh, And to think that I saw it on Mulberry Street, if I ran the zoo, <laughs> McElliott's Pool, On Beyond, Zebra, Scrambled Egg Super, and the Cat's Quizzes are all part of the uh, Dr. Seuss books that are being 
uh, taking out of production. If you have these and you're interested, sell them on Amazon because some of them are selling for $10,000 today. There were a couple of them that was like, are you kidding me? Well, I know what I'm looking for when I get it. That's right. Amen. You just look in the look in the uh, closet or look in your libraries and see if you have any of these titles that are going to be uh, become rare, I guess, at some point. Was this a publicity stunt? I, I don't think so. <laughs> I, it makes you wonder. I just thought the odd – they knew the world is watching on yeah. his birthday, and that's why they made the announcement yesterday. And, again, it was their decision and not – necessarily just the cancel culture right uh, if you read some of these it it you can see it's like yeah okay that one probably is uh, could be out of bounds but again they're the lesser known titles anyway they're not the ones that you would go to automatically and then big news in our house uh, household i already checked with the boss and Alea's excited that disney and egos are working together their new mickey mouse waffles available nice. from the ego brand okay. and i have it on good authority i'm supposed to look into these um, to get to a supply okay. of those. Got to get to a break. We'll come back. Got plenty more on the way. Hang around here on In the Know. When your baby Did you know the harmonica is the world's best-selling musical instrument? Mar Honkin, as my nephew called it. Mar I would have thought it would have been like the obligatory flute thingy. Like, recorder? Yes, yes, the recorder. Yes. Right? Yeah. Like, the harmonica is just student, much more. That, yeah, yeah. Just, uh, it has the portability of that. But um, it, um, yeah, I mean, it plays lots of different chords. You don't mm-hmm. have to tune it. You yeah. don't have to. It's pretty durable. You know, you can throw it in a bag and it can, can you bang around when you're spelunking through the Alps or whatever you might be doing. But I would like to point out in Solomon Burke's Cry to Me, there's not a single harmonica. No, no harmonica in there yeah. in, anywhere to be found in case you were in case you were looking for one. Uh, Disney's CEO is saying that or is implying that their movies will soon go back to theaters. As restrictions are being relaxed, movie theaters can go to 60% in Kentucky, I think, uh, about any time now. Vaccines are rolling out, and Disney, on the precipice, later this week, uh, Raya and the Last Dragon. Is it Raya or Raya? Have you heard it pronounced? I think it's Raya. Raya and the Last Dragon is coming out from the people who did Moana and the people who did both Frozen movies, bringing this latest iteration of girl power to the um, big scene, but it uh, the big screen, but it's going to be available on Disney Plus. Uh, I think they call that enhanced. So, it, when you name something Disney Plus, so what is that on Disney Plus Plus? <laughs> Whatever tier of service they have that right. gives you first releases, it's going to be available on Friday. It will also be available in some theaters that are open. But the point is, is that Disney and Warner Media and some of these others are saying. We're going to send our movies back to the theater as the theaters come back online. Some people wondered, is this the end of the cinema? Will this be, are the days of going over? Uh, It will be interesting to see if they do it in a hybrid format and for how long. How many, are? will we get back to a day to where to see a first run, you have to go to the theater. Right. You know, they're running them in tandem Mm -hmm. now. And they're going to do that with Raya and the Last Dragon and some of the other releases that are coming along. Uh, but it will be be interesting to monitor. I, I, don't don't listen to what they say. Watch what they do. Mm-hmm. 
And if you watch what they do, you'll be able to tell what they feel about the long-term viability of the cinema. If they go completely back to the way it was a year ago, then they think it has legs. I think they probably realize their corporate social responsibility to the society and the cinemas to say, even though we learned to swerve in the pandemic, we're not going to completely collapse your all's industry because we can. Yeah. And I think it's good of them to say, we're going to go back and we're going to play nice and we're going to continue to let this industry make their living the way that we're making our living as well. Listen, movie companies, you can go all the way back to uh, MGM. You can go back to however back you want to follow the movie making business. You have been successful on the backs of cinema owners for Mm -hmm. 70 years. Yeah, easily. Right? At least. I I don't – would it be in the 30s? Well, I mean, you had the talkies, you know, when you had the silent films and then came the talkies. I'm going to say longer than that. Then the big production. So, I mean, Mm -hmm. I I don't know when the first, you know, cinemas opened. When we went from vaudeville to silent films, there was a crossover there where they ran, you know, at the same time. But I guess my point is, is that you are spot on. That if you're the Disney, if you're the CEO of Disney, mm-hmm. you have to acknowledge that the heritage mm-hmm. of your company was built on people buying a ticket at the movie theater. Yeah, yeah. Because without that platform, then mm-hmm. there you have nothing yeah. except maybe a comic book. Yeah, and I would hate to be the I would hate oh, to be me, the first one that says graphic novel. Yes. <laughs> We're no longer going to utilize your services because we figured out a way to do it on our own and make all the money. Yeah. There's a new Willy Wonka in town. His name is Chip Gaines. <laughs> okay. Chip Gaines okay. is putting $1,000 checks in some copies of his upcoming memoir. Chip Gaines is coming out with a book that's going to be available wherever books are sold, and he's putting the Willy Wonka golden ticket of $1,000 in some of his uh, some of his books, I like I it. Can't even like this is one way to go. You know, I'm afraid nobody's going to buy my book, so I'm going to go ahead and stick some checks in there. See if I can't get right? people to buy it. My wife has so outdone me yeah. that now I'm going to have to put checks yeah. in my book. He looks kind of like an Oompa Loompa. I love, mm. it. yeah, oh, yeah, something. I I, I, I love like, the games. I do too. Uh, I got to tell you, being a, you know a dad who's fan of dad jokes and. Just being a fan of nonsense and yeah. joke telling and acting a fool. I know you've never seen or heard me do that on this show, but from time to time, I will. I will do something outrageous. I know it's hard for you to believe, mm-hmm. but I'm sitting here going, "I'm winding through the shows, and it's been pure serious. Yeah. I mean, just driving us forward and all seriousville all here, like all serious business, all, all the time. Business all the time. Uh, I do appreciate Chip Gaines stick. You know, when he's, when he's just, he's being entertaining, you yeah. know, he's, he's taking a renovation show yeah. and whether he's flexing or whether he's walking around funny with his tool belt hiked up above his belly or yeah. whatever. I mean, it's just, I love that stuff. I love he's the fact, lovable. yeah, well, I love the fact that he's not like, I'm on this show, my wife and I are killing it at life and I'm going to be this arrogant snot. He's just. You mean like the Property Brothers? Yeah. No, I don't think they're like that at all. I actually they're like stiff. them a lot. I uh, like them okay, but yeah, they're but stiff. they're not arrogant, and they don't come across as "Look at me, I'm awesome." They mm-hmm. try to do the the chip 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 stick, but it just doesn't work for them. <laughs> now, chip can do it. 
Because he's like, I don't, you know, I'm just going to be over here goofing off. Now, here's he's what terrible. I do in the show with is, Joanna, this is one thing I don't want from you. I want your hair. I want your look. I want your job. I want your house. But I don't want your husband because I don't want to live with that all of the time. <laughs> he's almost too much. He's, he is too much. I don't think I could. No. no I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> and there's sometimes the look on her face is like, oh. <laughs> well, and so when they do like the outtakes. <laughs> And <laughs> she gets like, tickled. Like, kid number one, get over here and be still. Just because you've silenced it, though, Misty, your husband is Chip Gaines to me. Well, sure. <laughs> there are some. And there's a reason I'm upstairs and he lives downstairs. He's always no, been kidding. Chip Gaines to me. You know, he's the-, so, the thing is, he's mellowed out so much, I'm like... Come on, perform. Do something. Come on, monkey. Come on. Dance, monkey, do something. And uh, congratulations to Dolly. Dolly got her vaccine yesterday after she helped cure COVID. She got vaccinated (laughs) and she sang a little song. She, she Jolene. turned so Jolene yeah. into vaccine. Yeah. And in her true East Kentucky fashion, she told people, don't be a chicken squat. Go out and get your shot. <laughs> That's what she said. So you tell them, Dolly. Only Dolly can get by with that. Absolutely. we got to get to a break. We'll come back. got to finish it up uh, for the morning here on In the Know. Now I had the time of my life. No, I never felt this way before. Never. Jennifer Warren's birthday today. Birthday girl singing there. MB's point to ponder for today. Why do we always ask babies and pets the same question twice? Who's a good boy? Who's a good boy? I don't know. Why do we do that? Do it, Misty, I don't walk by your office on Mondays and go, how was your weekend? How was your weekend? I know, right? I just ask you, how was your weekend? Or right. I say, what's going on? Or I don't ask the same question twice. So either one of two things. You grasp that I have enough comprehension that you only need to say it once. Yeah. Or you don't adore me enough to say it twice. Which is it? Yes. Interesting. I'm only right. partially interested in the answer. Right. If I were fully vested, I would have asked twice. If I say it twice, I'm for sure going to get an answer. And I'm hoping to leave the conversation behind. Before Who wants a treat? Who wants a treat? You want a treat, yeah. don't you? Now that's what I'm going to need you to ask. <laughs> and you're going to only have to ask it once. <laughs> Who wants ice cream? You want ice cream, don't you? Yes. Jimmy would say, I love ice cream. <laughs> Who doesn't? Ray's right. That's what I say. On television tonight, if you're so inclined, you will be able to see the season one finale. It seems odd to say the season one finale of Name That Tune. Okay. It's not season one. It's season whatever, but it's rebooted. Oh. Anyway, that's on, that's on Fox. And on HGTV, though, it's called Farmhouse Fixer. It's a premiere of a new show called Farmhouse Fixer. John Knight must preserve the history of a 280-year-old farmhouse while making it feasible for modern living when he learns that part of the foundation is beyond saving. Okay. I, I, I I could like this. Maybe. I like the castle one. Have you seen the castle one where they're restoring the castle? No. Nope. And then also, like, I think on the DIY network, they have a stone house revival, I think is what it's called. Yeah. And I like that one. I do think it's funny. HGTV, when they learned they were losing the games. Oh, everything's a fixer when now, they were, right? When they were losing their empire, uh-huh. that, that, that Magnolia was moving to its own thing on some plus. 
they had to come plus, up. Like plus. they've been auditioning. Yeah. Can I get who who chipping JoJo 2.0? You know, there's that couple that are from like Georgia mm-hmm. that do theirs. Mm-hmm. They're just they've been auditioning, trying to figure out who might hit. Yeah. Like we're losing Chip yeah. and JoJo. We got to find somebody They're else that people want to watch. Macon, Georgia, like Waco, Texas, right? Uh, like it's gonna, Ma- Mako, mm-hmm. Georgia. Yeah. Mako. Yeah. Save the end, Georgia. Yeah. I got it. Uh, today's highlight in history, this date in 1931, the Star-Spangled Banner became the national anthem of the United States. In seven, see, not until 1931. Wow. 1931, the Star-Spangled Banner became the national anthem of the United States. But it was written in... Yeah, it was written, uh, I mean, uh, um, Francis Scott Key wrote it when he was in jail. Right. You know, or when he was uh, actually they were under attack. I was going to say, Fort, wasn't he at Fort sea? McHenry? He was what? Wasn't he at sea? No, he was at the Battle of uh, Fort Henry. I don't know why all this time when I thought he, he was, was on a ship. He was under he siege. You no, know, he might have been. He actually might have been on a ship. But it was in that battle. It was in that but battle, when the, and he was there, and he was watching it, and he saw the sun come up the next morning. Well, the. Ex- Okay, well, maybe I've made up a story. I thought it was when the bombs were exploding and they were under attack, he could see the flag flying through the glow of the fire. You mean like some red glare? Is this? Did I make this up? Am I? Somebody tell <laughs> no. me. Am I? Did I make this up? You might have watched I think it you're on right. uh, Comedy Central. Has that show Drunk History? Have you ever seen that? No, but maybe I should star in it. In eighteen, I don't, I mean, no, I don't, I don't, I don't drink. So. I don't recommend it. I have some. Apparently altered history. In 1845. Oh, in 1791, speaking of drunk history, in 1791, Congress passed a measure taxing distilled spirits. In 1845, Florida became the 27th state. Are those two associated at all? Um, drunk I'm in sure Florida. they're very, <laughs> yes. There are no drunks in Florida. Don't you know anything? In 1991, motorist Rodney King was severely beaten yeah. by an L.A. police officer, uh, uh, multiple L.A. police officers. He was on a ship, Thanks, and Beverly. it was the wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald. No, he was with Moby Dick. Mm-hmm. Oh, and Homer was there, Simpson, yes. mm-hmm. talking about donuts. Francis Scott Key was writing about Rocket's Red Glare. You all Homer Simpson yes. was eating donuts. Yes, you all are welcome today. <laughs> I hope your kids are still being homeschooled. Right. And tuning in. <laughs> Just park them in front of wherever. Just park them in front of our screen every day. Park them near the radio. We will tell them You will partake of that new bill they passed. Everything they need. <laughs> you know what? After a year of in the know, we're going back for another year. <laughs> You're going to need multiple do-overs. <laughs> I need a do-over. Birthdays today. Jennifer Warnes is 74 today. Jackie Joyner Kersey is 59. Herschel Walker is 59. Tone Loke is 55. Loped after dark. He'll be celebrating with some funky cold Medina. I hope so. Julie Bowen is 51 today. Claire Dunphy from Modern Family is 51. I like her. Jason Crabb is 44. Jessica Beale is 39. Camilla Cabello is 24 today. Gone but not forgotten. George Pullman, the inventor of the railroad sleeping car, born in 1831. Alexander Graham Bell, you probably know what he invented, 1847. And Ann B. Davis. From the Brady Bunch, who played, what, Alice, the housekeeper, was born in 1926. Chart toppers. Let's go uh, hop in the Wayback Machine. Go to 1956. Come on. Somebody wake up Perry Como. Thank you. Hot diggity, dog diggity. Boom, what you do to me. Oscar Meyer has. Is this what Christian Lyle listened to? Driving the Wiener Mobile around. 
Oh, the the ice cream truck plays the do-do-do-do-do music. That's what you all play. Yes. As you drive the Wienermobile yeah. through the neighborhoods. Yeah. Got yeah. it. Love Your it. Do, 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 do. Song got a little do-do-do-do-do-do. Like. Oh, that's good work right there. <laughs> What's that? Let's go to 1965. I mentioned him earlier. Jason and I have both seen this song live. No, wait. We've heard this song live. We've not seen it live. You all have seen it live. And there are gold suits that match. But to be clear, we were doing our own doo-wop while we were standing in line. But when I got kicked out? No, we didn't get kicked out. We probably should have. Not this time. We saw the hall monitors going across the front of the stage. We figured they were coming for you We just turned our head. Yeah. Can I say, listen, you, you have to have been with the show a long time to know the event that we're talking about. But it a was the time. anniversary of the Rumble in the Jungle. Bruno Mars was in Louisville. The we Temptations paid $6 million dollars for the tickets. It was at the Kentucky Convention Center downtown, which I hadn't been to in forever. Yeah. <laughs> it was a unique experience, was it not? It, it was really worth all $6 million. I, listen, of I loved it, and I would do it again. But I got to tell you, while we were there... Because the concert, the Temptations of Bruno and all that, was like a complete throwdown. Yeah. And I, I thought, I'm a long way from Caneyville. <laughs> I am a long way from Caneyville. Yeah. That was not my thought. Mama but... didn't warn you about concession stand lines at a concert, did right. she? <laughs> Mama warned me about a lot of things, but not a concession stand line at a good concert. It was so, it was entertaining. It was educational. Mm-hmm. It was yeah. like, wow. Yeah. This did not happen at the ballpark. Four nights a week in Caneyville during Church League softball night. No, but there were some good things go down there. I will not discredit those nights at the ballpark. At Church League softball? Yeah, absolutely. The Church League softball where you forgot you all were church? (laughs) We forgot that we were churches? Yeah. Sometimes it got so bad at the seventh inning stretch they had to have prayer. They passed by, thought we were in a revival. <laughs> yeah, and then they passed the collection plate at yeah. the bottom of the bottom of the night. Spiders and snakes, Jim Stafford, in 1974. We got to see Muhammad Ali that night. Remember, we saw him up in the, was in the window. Yep, that's right. Yeah, he was in the he was in the suite. I am glad we did that. Super glad. It we was did fun. That. Uh, Stray Cat, Stray Cat, Strut in '83. Mister Big to be with you in '92. Aerosmith, Jaded in '01. He get a pop off of Mr. Big. We what? are the world. You got it before the show. You just didn't realize. Uh, we are the world. Twenty five for Haiti in twenty eleven and twenty nineteen. Halsey, without me. Oh, I need to download that. We are the world. Twenty fifth edition. It's so it's good. Not, it's not as good as the original. No, but it's it's where I was introduced to uh, Bieber. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. The Biebs. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, MB's pearl of wisdom for today: No snowflake in an avalanche ever feels like it is responsible. No snowflake mm-hmm. in an avalanche mm-hmm. ever feels like it is responsible. MB's Pearl of Wisdom for today. Look forward to seeing you back here tomorrow for another edition of our show. For Misty Thomas, for Beach, I'm MB, and now-